Um, let's talk about a fool. You want to talk about a fool? Let's talk about a fool. The dictionary defines... Yesterday was April Fool, so let's talk about a fool. The dictionary defines fool as one who lacks wisdom. A silly person. The Bible defines a fool in Psalms 14 verse 1. Uh, NIV, Psalms 14, verse 1. We're going to use primarily the NIV today or some of the other versions. But notice a fool says in his heart what? That's why I don't argue with people who say they're atheists. Because why do I want to argue with a... Right? You know, you're better off people who say they're atheists, you're better off just to love them. You're better off to be a good example to them. Share Jesus where you can, but to get into an argument and a debate and all of that, I've found it to be very unproductive over the years. And you know why it's unproductive? Because you're arguing with a what? With a fool. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's pretty clear, isn't it? But you know, uh, sometimes Christians act like fools. Did you ever find that out? How many has ever acted like a fool yourself? I mean, I, I, I sure have over the many years. And so what I want to do here today is look at some of the characteristics of a fool. Some of them. Can't, can't get them all in for the sake of time. But just some of the characteristics that the Bible talks about a fool. Um... Proverbs 1, 7. Proverbs 1, 7. We'll read this in the Amplified. Notice it says, The reverent and worshipful, worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principal and choice part of knowledge. Its starting point and its essence. So what's, what, let's read this again. The reverent and worshipful, worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principal and choice part of knowledge. Where does, where, where does knowledge begin? It begins with the fear of the Lord, doesn't it? But fools, now it's going to tell us here, fools, characteristic of a fool, despise skillful and godly wisdom, instruction and discipline. Fools despise skillful and godly wisdom, Instruction and discipline. You know, one thing I've been doing this a long time. One thing I found out that people that get that are easily offended are really just what? They're fools. Absolute fools. Because if they're receiving godly wisdom and they refuse to receive it, wouldn't you wouldn't you say that's foolish? Absolutely. Absolutely. People who are easily offended, touchy, 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 touchy. They're what? And, and particularly when you've got when you've got godly wisdom, skillful instruction, discipline being offered, and you just you just that's a fool, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, notice in Proverbs 26.11, Proverbs 26.11, the last part of that verse, says a fool repeats his folly. In other words, somebody that keeps making the same mistake over and over and over again. Over and over. And this really hooks into the last point. Uh, you know, fools will not receive instruction Thus, what are they going to do? They're going to keep repeating their what? Their folly and their mistakes over and over and over again. You try to lovingly help them and they get offended. And what do they do? They continue to what? Repeat their folly, their foolishness. What does the fool do? They repeat their folly. They repeat it over and over, keeping doing the same dumb things. Notice in Proverbs thirteen nineteen. 
The last part of that verse says, fools detest turning from evil. It's real hard to get a fool to repent. And you know one of the reasons that is, is because fools think they're always right. Did you hear what I just said? Fools think they're always right. Thus, they have a hard time turning from evil because they think they're always right. You know, one of the most destructive things, one of the most haughty, prideful things, one of the things that I found God just does not like is when a person will never admit that they were wrong. I don't like to admit that I was wrong. But I've conditioned myself and God's worked on me over the many, 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 many years. And you ask my wife, whenever there's something doesn't go right, used to be years ago when I was younger, I'd be pointing my finger at everybody and their brother. It's their fault, their fault, their fault. But God's worked on me over the many, many, many years. And now when something goes wrong, you ask my wife, she'll tell you, what's one of the first things I do? I look to see where I might have been wrong, where I may have missed it. A person that will not admit that they're wrong or look to themselves to see that it's possible that they could be wrong, they've just told you they're a what? A fool. Somebody that refuses to admit they're wrong or that they could even possibly be wrong is a fool. Capital F, capital O, capital O, capital L. Yeah, but that person is just being confident. Well, there's a difference between being confident and being a fool. Somebody that will never say, I could be wrong, I could have missed it. I apologize. I, you know, I'll take a look at it. They've just told you they're what? They're a fool. Somebody that will never admit that they're wrong or they won't even entertain the possibility. Listen to this. They won't even entertain the possibility that they could be wrong. Is a what? And like I said, I used to be at the head of the class on that years ago. I mean, it was never my fault. I'm talking back when I was in high school. I was never wrong. I was always right. I always knew, you know, somebody going to tell me I'm right. I was just telling everybody I was the biggest fool in the, in the, in the school. Is that right? Oh, yeah. This is something we all need to look at in ourselves because... The fallen nature, the, 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 even if you're born again, you still have that flesh to deal with. You know, I should say, Paul said, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. This is after he was saved. Remember that? How many remembers reading that? I think it's in the book of Romans. And so, so, so he had to deal with this. We all have to deal with this. Is, could I be wrong? The flesh doesn't want to admit wrong. I said the flesh doesn't want to admit wrong. Flesh does not like to admit that it's wrong. One of the most, one of the biggest signs of being humble, is is to entertain the possibility that you could be wrong. I've actually met people that I'm convinced they'd rather go to hell and burn in hell for eternity than to admit they was what is wrong. Until they actually saw hell and saw how bad it was, and then they then they probably repent. But short of that, uh, th- this is something that Diane and I we've seen in marriages that's just absolutely destroyed marriages over the many years of doing this. Over the many years, you sit down with the couple that's having marital problems, and 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 when you get right down to it. At the root of it, on both sides, neither one's willing to admit that there's a possibility even that they could be what? Wrong. Sign of being a fool. I said it's the sign of being a fool. When you think that you're right and you're always right, you could never be wrong. And 
I tell you what, that's that's a far it's a pride, it's pride, 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 and it it shows that there's there's a lot of foolishness there. You okay? Are you all right there? Are you all right out there? Okay. Now look at Ecclesiastes ten one. Ecclesiastes ten one. The book of Ecclesiastes was written, I believe, by Solomon. And next to the Lord Jesus Christ, he was the wisest man that's ever lived. Of course, Solomon was 100% man, 0% God. Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. Is that right? So you can't, in two different class, you know. Nobody compares to the Lord Jesus. You understand it. But yet Solomon, he asked for wisdom. God gave him wisdom. But you also need to know about Solomon that at the end of his life, he turned his heart away from the Lord. You need to realize that. And uh, God warned him about uh, marrying wrong. He married wrong. Much we could say. It's never the will of God to have more than one wife. You understand that? And everybody in the Old Testament that had more than one wife, it was never the perfect will of God. He made, how many, how many wives did he make for Adam? One. And you look in the New Testament that the, talks about the leaders of the churches, the pastors, the elders ought to be the husband of one wife, you know. And, and he had, Solomon had, what, 300 wives, 700 concubines. They messed him up. He wound up. What would you all think if I brought in a, uh, uh, a statue of a foreign god, set it right there and and said, let's all bow down and worship it. Worship it. What would you think about that? You know, I mean, it should be goodbye, yeah. But what if I did that? It'd be appalling, wouldn't it? You know Solomon did that. I said, Solomon did that. I said, Solomon, his wives got, turned his heart. And, and, and he, he built shrines and altars to false gods. Do you realize that? The wisest man that ever lived, other than the Lord Jesus. Now, I believe that he repented. I think it's pretty clear that he did. Because as he wrote the last part of Ecclesiastes, he said something to the effect that, you know, we ought to, you know, the the whole of life is to, to fear God and keep his commandments. So I believe he repented. Isn't it good that we can repent? But as I see it, he repented a broken individual. Missed hell, made heaven. Isn't that wonderful? But all that wisdom that he had, it just a little foolishness. You know a little foolishness can cost us, can't it? Just a little foolishness. Huh? Look at Ecclesiastes 10.1. We'll read this in the New Living Translation. It says, as dead flies cause even a bottle of perfume to stink. So if you've got a beautiful bottle of perfume, that's wonderful, isn't it? I like smelling my wife Chanel 5. Whew, I love that stuff. But the Bible says if you put a few dead flies in there, that Chanel 5 will be smelling... It won't be smelling like five, will it? It'll cause it to what? Stink. But now he says, so if you have a beautiful bottle of perfume, a few dead flies will cause that beautiful bottle of perfume to stink. Is that right? Just a few dead flies can ruin a whole bottle of perfume. So a little, a, just a little what? A little what? Foolishness spoils great wisdom and honor. Just a little foolishness. Just a little foolishness. I've seen some great ministries, powerful ministries that God put His hand on, rose them up, and they was preaching the gospel to the four corners of the earth almost. But just, just a little time with the prostitute that the preacher went in with the prostitute. He's only in there 15 minutes. How many of you know 15 minutes can destroy a lifetime of work? Is that right? How many of you know going into a prostitute, that's foolishness, isn't it? Is that foolishness? I mean, I mean even if you, it, just, just think about the disease 
that's there. Much less what it will do to your reputation. Yeah, but I was only with her for five minutes. Hey, that doesn't make any difference. Did you know five minutes with the... with, with how many of you know that can ruin your reputation and disqualify you from preaching? Is that right? I've watched this back in the 80s where some of the, some great ministries that God was using to get the gospel out, just a little foolishness, what did it do? It, it, it spoiled great wisdom and honor, didn't it? And this applies to you as well as... Uh, Big famous minister, it applies to you, it applies to me. You know? You can be going right along with your wife and everything going wonderful. And something can happen and you can fly off the handle and say things that you don't mean. That's why, that's why my wife and I, we, and I've really had, God's had to work on me over the many years. Because you see, uh, the way I was taught, I was, uh, there was a family member that taught me how to argue and how to debate. She's very good at it. And so, and the way, the way I was, I don't know why I'm on this. It's probably helping somebody. It's not my notes. But the way I was taught is, is when you get angry, you just, you just go as low as you can. You just start insulting people and you just start picking on their physical characteristics. And she called me a buck tooth squirrel one day. Can you, can you? Oh, come on, folks. They call me a buck tooth squirrel. You want me to tell you what I called her? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> you didn't think you'd be hearing Buck Two Squirrel in church, did you? Did you? I was a little kid. I was, but you know, but but we'd fight. Her and me, we'd go at it tooth and nail, just fight, just call each other all kinds of names. And then once it was over, it was over. And then you'd see us ten minutes later, and we'd be playing. We'd be playing. Slapjack or something. That's how I was taught. And so when I got married and I, and I got in an argument, I never called you a buck two squirrel. I, <laughs> I never was. But I'm just telling you, we'd get in an argument and I'd just, let, I'd just dump it all out. Just, just say all kinds of things I didn't mean. And then I wondered ten minutes later why she wasn't snuggling up to me. And then I said, what? What are you mad about? Why are you Why are you giving me the cold shoulder? See, I was taught to fight mean and ugly and dirty. And then it's over and then you go on. How many of you know that's not good, is it? You can say things to people that can lodge in their spirits that might hurt them for the rest of their lives. Did you know that? And so when we got with Diane, you know, I mean, what I'm trying to say is, is that just a few ugly words can ruin the whole thing. Is that right? You get what the Scripture is saying here? Just a little foolishness. It doesn't take a lot of foolishness to spoil things. Just a little foolishness will spoil great wisdom and honor. Just a few negative words. Just a few words spoken at the wrong time. Just doesn't take a lot. Just a few. So let's be watchful. That let's don't let a little foolishness cause us to cost us great wisdom and honor. What do you say? Let's be on guard. Is that, are you okay? You getting anything out of this? Is, okay. Now, of all the things that can be said about fools, perhaps the most could be said about their temper and their tongue. Their temper and their tongue. So we'll, we'll not be able to say everything about fools here this morning. But... but you know, yesterday was April Fool's, so that's why I'm talking about this. It seems good to the Lord. And so we won't get everything in, but let's just, let's just get what we can. I, I believe the Lord to lead me and guide me and get things in that, that you need to hear, okay? So we won't be able to cover everything, but let's, let's cover what we can. Temper. Temper. Does anybody have to deal with a temper besides me? Now, now I've never been where you've never felt like I was going to physically abuse you. Did? Never. Never. I, I don't have a problem in that area. Mine was more verbal because of the way I was raised, see. But you know, there's a lot of people will say, well, I was raised that way, so that's just the way I am. How many of you know that, that, that that's not a good attitude to have? Just because you was raised a certain way, God can change you. Has He changed me? He's worked, he's worked on me. 
And, and, and I, don't, I don't fight that way no more. I don't argue that way no more. One thing I want to say is if you ever get into a heated situation with your spouse, we, we always tell people, go to the neutral corner and cool off before you start, you know, arguing something. Or You know what I'm saying? Because you could say things when you're angry you don't mean. And hurt somebody as bad or worse than hitting them in the face with a baseball bat. Do you hear what I just said? But temper, temper. Notice, just this very quickly, Proverbs 14, 16. Proverbs 14, 16 says, A wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil, but a fool is hot-headed and, and what? Reckless. A fool is what? Hot-headed and reckless. A fool is hot-headed and reckless. So the next time you get hot-headed and you're reckless, what did the Bible call you? Now, did Pastor Terry call you a fool? Or did God call you a fool? Hmm. Folks, we've probably all had to deal with this. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just trying to point these things out. And let's make corrections if we need to. Proverbs 20, verse 3. Proverbs 20, verse 3. It is to a man's honor to avoid strife. Well, that's good to know, isn't it? And every fool is quick to what? Quick to, quick to quarrel or argue. Proverbs 29.11 A fool gives full vent to his what? But a wise man keeps himself under control. Well, you don't know how mad they made me. They just made me so mad. And I just couldn't help it. I just had to tell them how I felt. Now, is that in line with the scripture or not? No. Is it possible to be angry and sin not? The Bible tells us that in the New Testament. And a wise man will keep themselves, or a wise woman will keep themselves under what? Even when you're as mad as a wet hornet. Is that right? How many has ever been mad as a wet hornet besides me? But when you, see, that's where the test is. See, I'm not mad as a wet hornet right now. So it's really easy to be under control. But if I get mad as a wet hornet, that's where the test is. And then, am I going to give full vent to my anger or am I going to keep myself under control? And the Bible says a wise person will keep themselves under control. Yeah, but I just needed to vent that out. I just need to blow that out. I just need to get that out of me. Got to get it out of my system. Well, it says a fool gives full vent to their anger. Again, not trying to put anybody down, just trying to point some things out. And if, if you've come up short in these areas like I have, repent, make the change. Right? So temper and how many of you know our temper and our tongue are hooked hand in glove, aren't they? Ecclesiastes 5.1 we can really learn a lot from Solomon. Because again, here's a man who had it all at the top. Had, it, he was, had everything you could want and then some. And, he, and, he, and, and <laughs> he had a little foolishness. And it cost him. He repented and then he wrote that ecclesi- the Ecclesiastes. Maybe we'll talk on the Ecclesiastes one of these days. Maybe I'll just do a series on it. It's very interesting. We can learn a lot from it. Um, Notice he said, guard your steps, Ecclesiastes 5.1, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Well, we're in the house of God here this morning, aren't we? Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. Now, do you know what the sacrifice of fools is? Should I just put it bluntly to you? How many of you can say, I already said buck two squirrel, so you can't get too much... 
is diarrhea of the mouth. Did you get what I just said? So when you it said guard your steps when you go to the house of God, go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools, which is just in my way of saying it, diarrhea of the mouth. That's pretty blunt, isn't it? Who do not know that they do wrong. Well, fools don't realize they're wrong. They can never be wrong. They're always right. <laughs> in their own eyes. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven. You are, you are on earth. So let your words be few. As a dream comes when there's many cares, much we could say about that, but let's center it on the second part. So the speech of a fool, so, so the speech of a fool when there are many words. I like the way, uh, can you put this verse 3 up in the King James Version? I wonder if we could put that up in the King James Version and look at the last part of it. Uh, this is uh, the verse 3. Ecclesiastes 5, 3. It says... And a fool's voice is known by what? You know, it's going to be real quiet today when we dismiss the service. It's going to be real quiet. It's going to be so quiet you'd be able to hear a rat lick butter as you leave. You ever think about that? It's got to be pretty quiet to hear a rat lick butter. Is that right? It's going to be quiet today when we dismiss. How can you spot a fool? What's one way you can do it? Their mouth is always flapping. Is that right? Oh, it's going to be quiet today, isn't it? But is that what the Bible says? Doesn't the book of James say we ought to be quick to hear and slow to speak? A lot of times when I get in a situation where I don't know much about what's going on, I, I just keep my mouth shut. That way nobody's going to know how unlearned I am. When you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. This is verse 4 in the NIV. He has no pleasure in fools. So if you make a commitment... And you delay in fulfilling it, God's deemed you a what? He says, fulfill your vow, fulfill your commitment. It's better not to vow or make a commitment than to make a commitment and not fulfill it. So you make a commitment, you need to honor it. Is that right? That's what the Bible says. Now once you've honored that commitment... And you've gone where your words have said you'd go, then 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 there's you know you fulfilled it, then that's fine. Okay. Let's see. Here's one, Proverbs ten eighteen. Proverbs ten eighteen. NIV, last part there says, Whoever spreads what? Whoever spreads slander or gossip is a Wow. Now, to the best of my knowledge, we don't have any problem, those last two things, uh, people not keeping their commitments and, and slander, spreading slander. We don't have, in the last many years, we haven't had any real problems in these areas with folk that attend here. There was a day that we did, though. You'd have people commit to things and they wouldn't show up. You, you know, we, we'd have people that they would... I remember this one lady, she committed to work in the nursery and and she'd just show up and she said, nope, not going to work today. God told me I need to go sit in the service. Oh, seriously. Or just people commit to do something and they just don't show up at all. You know, I'd rather have, I know because there was a lady I'm thinking about many years ago. She, she volunteered. She was going to help Diane everything. Going to help her, help her, help her, help her, help her. And she never showed up. And this went on like five, six, seven times. And it got to the point when Diane and I talked about it. It would be better 
to not have, it'd be better not counting on that person coming than you're counting on them coming and they, because Diane had to do a lot of work to get ready for the person to come to help, to help her and then she did, you know what I'm saying? So, but, but in the last many years, you, you folks are a good group of people. I appreciate you. You, you. you keep your vows. You keep your commitments. I appreciate that. And slander, there was a, there was a time here for about five, six, seven years ago, this was just running rampant in this place. It was horrible. All those people have since left. You know, I, we tried to help them. You know, some folks, you can't help them. Because if folks won't repent and change, how many of you know spreading slander and that kind of stuff is foolish? It's wrong. It's sinful. Is that right? And, and when folks want to do that all the time, and they won't change, they've just told you they're what? They're, a, they're better off, go somewhere else. I don't know. But I'm glad I commend you. you, haven't, you haven't, you've kept your commitments. You haven't spread slander. I appreciate that. Whoever spreads slander is a what? You say, Pastor, well, if we don't need to hear this, why are you preaching? It's called preventative medicine. Did you get what I just said? Preventative medicine. See, preach this ahead of time. See, so then you know about it. Then when the devil tries to get you into it, then you don't fall for it. Isn't that wonderful? Now let's go to Matthew 5. Let's just go on a little bit longer here. Talking about anger and slander and temper and tongue. This is an interesting passage. Matthew 5.21, New King James Version. Jesus said, You've heard it was said of those of old, You shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. Now, I looked into that. That judgment, you see, there was a Sanhedrin. That was like the the supreme court of the Jewish community. But then they had lower courts. And uh, the lower courts would handle the easier problems. And then just like our supreme court, you know, if the lower courts can't handle it, it goes to the supreme court. And so it says, whoever, uh, he said, you'll not murder. Whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. And it was, he was talking about that lower court. It could also be divine judgment and, and, and all of that. And then he, he mentions three things after this. And each one of these is progressively worse than the one before it. And these passages of Scripture, in the English, if you read them in English, it's, uh, uh, they're blind to us, very blind to us. Uh, but if you lived in the community back there 2,000 years ago among the Jews, this would mean more to you. I'll do the best I can uh, to try to explain this to you with, with the, what the words actually mean. Verse 22, But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause... Now, the without a cause is not in the original text. So it actually reads, But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother... See, a lot of people looking for a reason. Well, they gave me reason to be angry. As far as God's concerned, we don't need to be angry with folk. Not this kind of anger. There is an anger where you can be angry and sin not. But he said, whoever's angry with his brother shall be in danger of the judgment. Now, this angry, angry here means an anger that will lead you to sin. A rage. Actually, murder, you see, in the Old Testament, they looked just outwardly. Murder was, the, was an act. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, he went to the inward. Murder doesn't start with plunging a knife in somebody. Mur- murder starts where? In the, in the heart. And that's really what he's talking about here. But whoever is, who is, is, has wrath, so angry that they could commit sin and kill somebody, he said that person is in danger of the judgment. Okay? And that's pretty clear. Whoever says to his brother, Raka. Raka. Now, what in a world is that? Well, if you study into it, it's, it's not even a Greek word. It's taken from an Aramaic word, meaning, actually the root of it means to spit on. <coughs> you spit on somebody, that's not good, is it? It actually means empty-headed. This, this word scorned one's mind or intellect. It was akin to us calling someone stupid or blockhead. Shall be in danger. This person will be in danger of the council. That was the Sanhedrin Supreme Court. How how many of you have ever watched CNN, MSNBC, or Fox? Anybody ever watch them? Now, you'd never hear anybody on there calling anybody names, would you? 
You never hear a Republican calling a Democrat a name, would you? Or vice versa? Oh, no. You, don't, you, never, you never hear anybody rock a rock. You wouldn't hear that. No, you'd hear probably that and worse. Why am I teaching this? We, we, we need to be watchful about our words. And we live in a society of slander, dear friends. I don't know if you've realized it or not, but you know, pornography is a pornographic society, isn't it? It's also a society of slander. We live in a society of slander. This one's slandering that. That one's slandering that. That one's putting this one down. That one's putting that one down. You know, you know, CNN. They're calling the Republicans a bunch of morons and the. And, and, and Fox, Fox is calling the Democrats a bunch of morons. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just put Republican and Democrat down and just get the Word of God flowing in Washington? Wouldn't that be wonderful? How many of you know that the Republicans are the Democrats? Neither one of them are ultimately right, are they? How many of you know there's foolishness on both camps? Isn't that so? But Raqqa... It was to scorn somebody's mind or intellect. It was akin to saying, you're stupid. You're a blockhead. Man, Lucy even did that to Charlie Brown. How many remembers Lucy and Charlie Brown? Well, if you did this back there then, you'd be in danger of going before the Supreme Court. The Sanhedrin. We need to watch how we talk to people. We ought to call people names, should we? We ought to call our wives names. We shouldn't call our husbands names. I've watched women already call their husbands. To, you dumb idiot. You stupid idiot. You, I heard one one day not go to this church, but she said, because uh, she, she burned her biscuits, and she said, you ruined my biscuits just like you ruined my life. Isn't that horrible? I've watched women and men both berate one another over the many years. I'm not even talking inside the church. I'm talking out, out, you know. I, I've even seen, I've even seen women in the church refer to their husbands as moron, idiot, ding-a-ling, stupid. Isn't that something? Say preventative medicine. I can honestly say, been married to you for 27, almost 8 years, and not one time has she gone off on me. Not one time. I had a man come, I don't know why I'm sharing this, I had a man come to me one day, and very close to me, and he said, uh, not in his church. He came to me and he said, Terry, he said, do you know what it's like to have your wife, I won't say it the way he said it, but to get on your behind and chew on you and chew on you and chew on you and chew on you until you just don't know what you're going to do? And, and I thought about it and I said, no, I don't know what that's like. Thank you. It's wonderful, isn't it? Why am I on that? I don't know why I'm on that. And I've seen it the other way. I've seen men talk to their wives and berate them and, you know, same way. But then this next one, if that wasn't bad enough, but whoever says you what? This is verse, uh, this is verse uh, 22. But whoever says you what? Now, this here is not like what we would think, fool. Because God calls people fool. The fool has said in his... This word fool, it, it, it's taken from the Greek word moros. And so we would get our English word... But actually, this one scorned one's heart and character. Whereas raka scorned one's mind or intellect. This one scorned one's... Heart or character. It meant, what it really meant is to say that someone was morally worthless. They were a graceless wretch. 
They were beyond the reach of God's grace. How many of you know there's nobody beyond the reach of God's grace? To say this to someone, this word, to somebody back in that day, was to say, you are beyond God's grace. The blood of Jesus can't cleanse you from your sins because you're so bad and you're destined to hell. That's really what this word meant. See, it's blind to us in English, isn't it? It's like saying this. Now, this is blunt, but it's like saying this. You'll be damned to hell. Or it's like saying this. This is is blunt. Go to hell. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Don't ever say that to anybody. If you knew what hell was like, you wouldn't want anybody to go there. I know when I asked the first time I ever asked a girl on a date, first time, you've heard me say this, I asked her, would you, would you like to go out with me on a date? And you know what she said to me? She said, you can go to hell. And I said, you know, I don't believe I will. I've made other arrangements. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, she didn't have to say that. She could have just said no or no thank you. She didn't have to say that. <laughs> That'll do a lot for your your esteem, you know. I never. I, for, I walked right up to her. I said, and I did. I did it private. Where I said, would, would Would you like to go on a date to me? She said, You can go to hell. I said, I don't believe I will. I've made other arrangements. And she looked at me like that. Well, she was a heathen, you know. I shouldn't have been asking her out anyway. But. Protected me. Amen. <laughs> That was blunt. You okay? Y'all all right? You learned anything? Don't ever tell anybody to go to hell. Is that right? Don't do that. Because he said if, if you do that, you're in danger of what? Hellfire. That's Gehenna, the lake of fire. And really the judgment you judge out, it will be the way it comes back to you. Spiritual principle. Jesus said that. So if you, if you basically tell somebody to go to hell, guess what? That's where you're, you're playing with that, aren't you? Well, much we could say. What's the takeaway from these verses? Did you, did you, did you get anything out of this, this little teaching there? Maybe something you didn't know before? You know what the takeaway is from reading that? Watch our mouths. Just watch our mouths. Just watch our mouths. And you know what? Even if you've done some of these things, look at verse 23. So Jesus said right after this, he said, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar. Go your way first. Be reconciled to your brother. Then come off your gift. What did he just say? If you've done any of that foolish stuff with your mouth, guess what? You can what? Repent. Isn't it good we can repent? That's wonderful, isn't it? So I'm going to close by saying this. Other things we could say, uh, Jesus said, if you hear these sayings of mine and you do them, I'll liken you unto a wise man. He said, if you hear these sayings of mine and you don't do them, I'll liken you unto a what? Foolish man. So if we hear the word of God and we don't obey it, we're foolish, aren't we? Here's another one. Just just listen to this. Just take a time. Just, just listen to this. Uh, Jesus told a story. He said, just listen to this. You can find it in Luke 12, but just listen to this. He said, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he said, the man thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow all my goods. He said, here's what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns, I'll build greater, and there I'll bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Take Thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, you, you fool. That wasn't the same fool like what we just read about. There's a different word, you fool. This night your soul will be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which you have provided? I don't want God calling me a fool. I don't, want to have, I don't want to have more money than Bill Gates and God calling me a fool. Do you? How many of you know you can be, you can, you can be richer than, than Bill Gates and, and be a fool? If you say there's no God, you're a what? I don't care how much money you have, you're a fool. He said, tonight your soul will be required of thee. So is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Let me ask you a question as you get ready to leave here today. Are you rich toward God? 
How many of you know you can be rich toward God and not have a penny in the bank? Listen to this. We won't turn there, but it's in Ecclesiastes, the seventh chapter. It says, The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of sensual joy. Where is your heart? Is your heart with the things of God, with the house of God, with the plan of God, with what God is doing? Or is your heart more hooked up with your thing and what you're doing and what you got going on? Are you more concerned about just being happy? Or are you concerned about the heartbeat of God? It says the wise man, it's Ecclesiastes 7.4. You can read it. You ought to read it in different translations. Amplified says the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning or the house of God, the house of prayer. But the heart of fools is in the house of myrrh and sensual joy. Just how can we gratify ourselves? I like the way the New Living Translation says this. A wise person thinks a lot about death. While a fool thinks only about having a good time. Now, I think you can think about death too much and it can become a morbid thing. But, you know, there's not a day goes by that I don't think about dying and and that I'm so glad I know Jesus as my Savior. And I'm so glad I'm going to get to go to heaven and miss hell. And I think about what he paid for me, that price he paid through his redemptive work and what he did for me on the cross and through his resurrection. I think do you think I think about that every day. I may not think about it all day long, but but at some point in the day I think about it. Think about what does God want? What, what, is, what is His plan? What is His purpose? What, what does He want done? I think about that almost every day. I may not spend the whole day on it, but I think about it. I think about the house of God, the things of God. I think about the Word of God. The Bible says a wise person does that. But a fool is only concerned about temporal things, temporal having a good time. That's one reason that girl told me to go to hell when I asked her on a date. She wasn't, and I'm putting her down, but she wasn't concerned about the things of God. She was just concerned about going to the dance and having sex out of wedlock and all of that. That particular girl, by the way, has been married about three or four different times. She's been beat up by drunken boyfriends. Something, isn't it? She didn't choose wisely, did she? But God had His hand on me, watching out for me. How much time do you spend Spend thinking about the things of God, the house of God. You must because you're here today. What is this? Preventative? Jesus talked about ten virgins. Five were wise and five were... Five were ready to meet Jesus and five were not. Five were born again. Five were not. But let's take it to a different level. You can be born again all right and go into heaven, but you may not be ready to meet the Lord. In other words, there's some things in your life that aren't quite right. It's foolish not to deal with those things here when we have the opportunity to repent. Stand with me if you would and bow your heads. Of course, if you don't know Jesus, as I look around the room, I don't see anyone that, that I'm aware of that doesn't know the Lord. But if you don't know the Lord, of course... We'll have people up here, you can come up after the service and they'll pray with you to receive Jesus. But if you do know the Lord, if you are born again, I'm going to just ask you this sobering message today. You're good, you're good people, wonderful people. I wasn't pointing any of these messages, any of these verses at any person. 
This was just preventative medicine. Sometimes preventative medicine is as hard to take or as bitter maybe as taking medicine when you need it. <laughs> but wouldn't it be better to take medicine before you need it? And that's all this was about today. You're good people. you know. But don't let the devil draw you into any of these things that we talked about here today that are foolish. So let's all be wise. If you're if if you're not born again, that's that's, that's the fo- most foolish thing that there that there is. The dumbest thing anybody ever did. The most foolish thing that anybody ever did is go to hell. We don't have to. So if you don't know Jesus, when we dismiss, come up. These people pray with you. You can know Jesus. But if you're here today and you know the Lord, you've you've received Him. But maybe there's some things in your life that aren't quite right. Maybe some attitudes that aren't quite right. Maybe there's been some some venting and some blown off steam at folks that you sh- you ought to keep yourself better under control. Hey, God's not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I don't even know. But hey, just make the change. Make a little change. Make a, just repent. Just change. Ask God to forgive you. He'll forgive you just as quick as you ask Him. And then make a change. And be wise. Be wise. Be wise. I don't know about you, but I want to be wise. And I think you do too, don't you? And speaking of that, I just, right on the inside, if any man lack wisdom, any woman lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Maybe you're here today, you need some wisdom. Ask God. And He'll give it to you abundantly and He won't, God won't talk down to you and make you feel foolish for asking Him for wisdom. Father, give me wisdom. I need wisdom 